Hello and welcome to the Capel Live Chat, where you can get business insights for your organization amidst our changing times. My name is Mark Lee, and today I'm very honored to introduce to you Dr. Maylin Tan, Head of Academic Development at SIM Global Education. Maylin, great to have you here with us. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> very happy to be here as well. Yeah, it's great to have you here, and we have a very interesting topic for you guys today. We are going to be talking about this balance, this tension between learning and performance, specifically with regards to growth and transformation. So Maylin, there's already a lot of tension there, right? Balancing between learning and performance, but maybe we start somewhere more common for all of us. Let's sync up our understandings on learning, because I think we all agree that learning in our day and age is so important, but we might come at it from many different angles. So perhaps you can get us on some common ground first. You're right, Mark. Um, learning holds many definitions to people and because it's such a common word, um, it is bound to be um, either misunderstood or misinterpreted. Hmm. So to me, learning is a deeply personal process. Okay. Yep. So learning involves some changes in the cognitive process, um, changes in behavior, yep. even in terms of belief. Hmm. Yeah. So it could be something that is very visible. Okay. An overt process yep. um, when it is expressed. Hmm. Um, even so, um, it could be situational, right? It, even though I learned a particular skill, but depending on the situation of the people that we are with, yep. uh, we could actually express that learning in a very different way. Mm, okay, so I think what you're helping us understand here is that learning really is a very personal process. Uh, and sometimes the way it's expressed in different situations can look like different things. That's okay, right. and the other big idea that we have for us today is performance, right? We're talking about this tension between learning and performance. So how about performance? What are some common ground definitions we can kind of establish before we dive deeper? Okay, um, to unpack performance, I think in a business world, mm. performance is uh, a favorite word. Mm. Yeah, a lot mm. of people tend to use a performance focused program, yep, yep. even performance focused learning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they, they mingle <laughs> uh, both the words together. Yep. So, performance is usually associated with a social or collectively defined. Um, um, success. Mm. So um, somebody would say that you have performed well mm -hmm, or you mm -hmm. have um, displayed good performance because you have added some value mm. or you have yeah. um, achieved a higher score. So that is something that is more external yeah. Yeah, and people can see and agree upon. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah, why I bring yeah. in um, socially and um, societally mm. acceptable um, indicators. Right, right. Mm -hmm. So I think we're starting to get into some of the ground on maybe that tension between learning and performance because you mentioned learning is something that can be very personal, maybe contextualized even from person to person, situation to situation. But then when you talk about performance, you're about collective standards, uh, almost societal or maybe organizational, if I could say expectations. That's right. It's a very, very standard way that you're supposed to perform, to deliver. Mm. So maybe you can break down then into greater detail, what exactly is this tension that you see between these two big ideas? Okay, yeah. so when we talk about learning and performance, as I've mentioned earlier on, mm. learning it's internal, mm -hmm. at least to me, very much so, yeah. and then performance is external. Mm. So people will operate um, between these two zones mm. alternatingly, mm. right? Yeah. Um, for example, in the academic context, Okay. The easiest way to classify learning and performance in the classroom or in a college or even school um, mm -hmm. uh, environment would be 
before you take the high stakes exams, PSLE, A levels, yeah. or university exams. Definitely remember those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's a certain performance that's expected of you to yes. score a number of A's or certain um, uh, scores or marks given by the teachers. That's right. Yes. Um, then the associate learning as what happens in the classroom before mm-hmm. you take that formal exam. So that's a very simple way of classifying it mm-hmm. um, in the academic context. Okay. In the yeah. business world, uh, or in a workplace, or even in sports, yeah. um, learning is very much like um, the practice before you go on stage, yes. before you perform a surgery. Let's say you're a surgeon, mm. you go through a certain practice and study um, period of time yeah. to gain the skill, and then. At that um, special um, stage, mm-hmm. or at that special and uh, situation, you will demonstrate to what extent you master that skill. Mm, so, in, in short, learning—the objective of learning—is for improvement. Yes. And the objective for performance um, is actually execution. Mm. So you are um, uh, execution, executing the, your mastery, your skill, yeah. demonstrating. Yeah. Learning would be experimentation. Yeah. Um, there could be um, setbacks and failures. Mm, right. I, I think that's that's probably something that's very helpful to capture, which is that the studying or the learning process. I think many of us are kind of familiar with. Oh, you know, it's it's about gathering that knowledge. It's about maybe taking two steps forward, maybe one step back or to the side. You know, it's kind of a bit of a messier process. But once you go to perform, you know, you're really expected to execute at a certain standard. And I think that's maybe where some organizations struggle a little bit. They say, "Hey, you know, we want our people to both be able to learn, but there's a certain mess perhaps that's associated with that, a certain cost, you might even say. Uh, can we not just ask them to uh, perform, right? Can we not just have them maybe continually executing? So, what are your thoughts on that in terms of how to really maybe balance uh, between this desire to both grow?" But also still uh, uphold, you know, professional standards and execute at those high high levels. You were spot on when you said that um, organizations and actually oftentimes individuals we do struggle about to what extent we want to go through that trial and error process because mm. time and money yeah. um, are involved. So especially um, when you are running a business. You want to be able to uh, churn out value mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. highest level, and even in terms of uh, achieving a certain financial success, right? Yeah, and for individuals, uh, why would I want to um, pass all my exams? <laughs> why would I pay to go for a certain courses, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Although the name is for yeah. learning, yeah. but at the end of the day, we are actually looking at the credentials that we receive, mm. and that's the. Uh, to get ourselves um, hired more easily, so that is in terms of performance. Sure. Very often, yeah. even in a learning situation, yeah. uh, we often confuse the actions that we take for learning. Hmm. In fact, it's actually performance, oh, but okay. we accept it as learning. Huh. So, for example, yeah, yeah. in a classroom context, hmm. when a teacher asks students some questions, even though yeah. it's very low stakes. But students tend to want to give the answer that is right. Ah, uh, I see where you're going with yeah. this. Yep. So <laughs> there is a certain element of performance there. Yeah. And then when you see silence, yeah. it's actually people are afraid to make mistakes. Yeah. Therefore, yeah. Uh, they actually lose out on the opportunity to learn. Huh. Yeah. And in the in a workplace context, hmm. perhaps. If you have a certain set of standards yeah. based on past data, yeah. you know that by following steps one to ten, yeah. you can actually achieve the highest productivity. Yeah, yeah. Why mm. would you want to change your parameters? Exactly. Or yeah. even yeah. Um, um, 
yeah, do something that is different mm. because you the, the outcome then is uncertain yeah. and you would probably compromise mm. on the level of productivity and achievement. Yeah. And yeah. you have to report to various stakeholders, right? <laughs> That's right. There, yeah. yeah, there's some corporate responsibility. <laughs> yes. uh, so there in as that well. sense, yeah. it's always uh, quite challenging yeah. uh, to carve out time, or even yeah. we can um, persuade ourselves to say that yeah. as long as I put in enough time yeah. to do a certain things, mm. Mm. then I'm learning. But mm. if I'm repeating the same practice, yeah. Actually, learning is very minimal. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Um, if you take, I think, uh, look, looking at sports, okay. sports will be a, a very yeah. good example. Hmm. Hmm. Um, you know, uh, Roger Federer, oh, yeah. Yeah, tennis. one tennis. of the greatest of all um, tennis players. Hmm. Yeah, he has won uh, uh, 20 titles, the most ever. I think Nadal is yeah, equal with him now. Okay. Yeah. yeah. When he wins a match in, in yeah. one of the interviews, um, he actually said that even when I win a game or a tournament, uh, I will celebrate that success, of course. Mm. But I will think about um, the every juncture in my game yeah. where I lost a point. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I won the game, but there will be aspects that I want to reflect mm. and try to make sense of what did I, uh, what didn't I do well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that deliberate thinking and reflection is actually learning moments, mm. and he mm. he acts on it. Yeah outside the actual tournament, then yeah. he can actually fine-tune his game, his performance. Yeah. Probably yeah. one yeah. of the reasons why he's won uh, 20 times. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Yeah. So in a workplace context, yeah. when we are working on a project, mm. uh, if it's very high stakes, uh, could we also look at possibilities of mm. making small changes? But of yeah. course, if it's a very high stake, let's say you are making a, a sales pitch or yeah. you're trying to win a deal that's a million dollars, you may not want to do this experiment <laughs> when you're in front of your customer. Yeah, yeah. Right? Maybe not in that context. <laughs> yes, right? yeah. not in that context. Yeah. But after that, mm. if you reflect back and think through what are some of the moments that you could make changes and yeah. practice with your colleagues yeah. Yeah. then that will be very good learning moments that yeah. you could take away mm. and master the, your skill to a next level maybe yeah. for your next deal mm. yeah. so mm. that is um, the alternating zones that we are yeah. operating in yeah I, I think maybe we can just uh, really pick up on one of the key insights that you're helping us see here Meilin which is really about recognizing the right context to do your learning in the right context to do your performance. And I want to go back just a little bit to one of the great examples you gave us, which you said sometimes as students or even as professionals, we maybe sometimes get a bit confused. We think we should be, or we are supposed to be in a learning mode or a learning context, but we take a more uh, performance mindset. And so we lose out on that opportunity to really learn and develop. And I'm wondering from your experience, maybe in academic development or from other you know, consultation you've done, how do we help people maybe recognize the zone that they're supposed to be in and then to then you know have that confidence to maybe execute the correct behavior to extract the most value whether out of learning or performance mm -hmm. yeah i think um, understanding the continuum between learning and performance mm. uh, and have a clear um, definition to yourself. I mean, I may have been given, I may have given some definitions, but I think it's important for everyone who, who is tuning in, perhaps, mm -hmm. to um, have their own definition what it means by learning and performance as well to contextualize it for their own lives. Right. Yeah. And then 
to actually understand that learning is uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, we yeah. recognize that because yeah. learning involves experimentation yeah. and risk taking. That's right. And uh, acceptance of failure yeah. because you you haven't yet mastered your skill, mm. so it should be acceptable for you for anyone yeah. um, to fail you know, or not do well or miss the target. Yeah. yeah. As long as that environment is set up. And even in the corporate world, if you are not given that opportunity, yeah. you can on your own uh, set up small, low-stakes environment uh, for mm. you to to learn. Um, mm. I'll I'll just give an illustration. Sure. I'll go back to tennis again, right? <laughs> okay. Let's say, awesome. Yeah, uh, if you are learning tennis yeah. for the first time and you wanted to do a good serve, right? yeah. for example, to serve, yeah. You can tell yourselves, you know, uh, like what Malcolm Gladwell said, if you mm. put in 10,000 hours of yeah. practice, yeah. you will become an expert in any field. Sure. But actually, there's a caveat there, yeah. right? I can spend time doing uh, practice for a uh, hundred serves. Yeah. Yeah. But if I simply or uh, mindlessly repeating yeah. that uh, action, mm. Mm. Um, I, I may still improve, but at a very, very slow pace yeah. and may even... Uh, feel that, yeah, I have put in the hours, I've actually mm. done my practice and yeah. feel good about it. But for a person who is doing a deliberate practice, yeah. I could have just spent the same one hour of time to do it that serve, but serving every time there is a partner or perhaps someone to record down yeah. how well you have done it mm. and then to give you a feedback. Yeah. So every serve that you make, you make a uh, evaluation mm. to what extent you want to correct yeah. your posture or yeah. yourself. So that feedback is actually uh, important to yeah. help you improve um, in a higher level or more efficiently in a yeah. shorter time. In fact, great, great. You know, so I just want to highlight that for our, our listeners and our viewers. I think what you're helping us realize is that that evaluation, that intentional evaluation, is so key, right? So you can't just go about it thinking, oh, I'm just going to invest all this time. But never actually evaluate how are you using that time or how has your performance or your learning been growing uh, in that period of time. And I'm just wondering, you know, for maybe organizations who are so busy or perhaps maybe they're thinking, oh, you know, Maylin, this all sounds great, but almost every day I'm in a high stakes environment, right? There's there's not a deal I can afford to lose. There's not a staff member that I can really afford to uh, maybe go about such a long experimental journey. What, what do you think are some practical, you know, handles or encouragement to get them started on Balancing because it's not saying go one way or the other, but it's it's finding that balance. Yes, um, it would be quite challenging to find a balance, mm. like like you said. Yeah. yeah. Um, what I believe that if you're a people leader or you're managing a team in, yeah. a, in a corporate context, so you have that um, performance indicators, the KPI that is set forth, right? But when you are working with your team members, yeah. you may want to facilitate a more psychologically safe environment. Okay. Yeah. Mm. When you are having um, con- conversations with yeah. your team members, especially as a people leader, your word actually carries a lot of weight. Mm. Yeah. Instead of using an advocacy orientation, mm. like saying, yes, I would like to do it this way, that way, because yeah. everybody in the team will just be mm, following what you're saying. <laughs> you're not giving yeah. room for people to express their thinking. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So if you go through a more exploratory orientation and affirming people Mm. so that thinking process is actually a learning for the whole team because when everybody's voices are represented um, the decision making is actually better and we can expect 
uh, a better um, a quality decision, maybe not directly translated to a business outcome sure. uh, immediately, yeah. but yeah. in terms of resilience and weathering um, uh, uncertain environment, um, that builds the resilience muscles. Yeah, no, I think that's really great. I think it goes back to what we were saying earlier, which is a leader or as people who are in charge of managing others. Helping them recognize what context they're in. So if you as a leader just come out and you're very direct and say, "Hey, I'm also here to help create a space where we're all learning." That's right. Everyone gets cued in to say, oh, "Okay, you know, there's no pressure on me to perform here. I can really voice my opinion, which I think is going to be constructively helpful,、mm-hmm. even if it's not, you know, maybe fully formed yet or, or quite at that, you know, tip-top level just yet, because it's a learning space after all." Yeah. That's right. Okay, so we are very quickly coming to the close of our time. Maylin, I'd just like to ask if you have any kind of food for thought to leave for our viewers and listeners、uh, before we round off this session. Okay,、yeah. I think just、um, taking from what we've discussed earlier on about、uh, people leadership and、mm. working in a team in a corporate setting,、uh, what Carol Dweck,、uh, Guru、mm. for Growth Mindset,、yeah. she actually recommended that. Uh, in order to make space for learning and to foster a growth mindset,、uh, you can actually reward、um, effort.、Mm. You can reward strategy as well as progress. So I think、uh, companies tend to focus on progress,、yeah. right? Whether to what value you are adding.、Mm. But I think recognizing that people are putting in effort—that is the intention and the motivation part to、mm. do something different. Yeah. And then the strategy that they use—is、yeah. it something that is just a repeat from history, or they try to experiment? Nice. So that strategy also should be recognized and rewarded、mm-hmm. um, alongside with progress. Great. So that's probably、um, one takeaway that、um, yeah. people can can consider. I think that's really wonderful, Maylin. Thanks so much for expanding our horizons. I think really helping us question both as individuals, but also as say leaders of, of corporations or or others. Uh, really, our definitions of success is it really just performance or effort and strategy and other elements like that, which really show a sincere effort to find a way forward that is maybe not so set in stone just yet. Can we still reward those things? Okay, thank you so much to one and all for joining us on the Capel Live Chat once again. This is your place for business insights amidst our changing times. My name has been Mark Lee. I've been your host this time, and Dr. Maylin Tan again, head of academic development at SIM Global Education. Thank you so much for joining us. We will catch you on our next episode. Goodbye.